Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charles and Live. Uh, very good evening to you and welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. It's great to be back. Happy New Year to one and all. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley. After what I think it's fair to say has been a quiet Christmas break is uh, Mr. Tom Wally. How are you doing, Tom? Good, yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, good to see good you. To be and back. Uh, wiping some sandwich from his mush is Nathan Murder. How are you doing, Nathan? Not bad, mate. Enjoyed the uh, festive period with our fixtures. Loved every minute of it. I know, it's ever since Katrine's left, you don't say living the dream. Well, anymore, I'm not because she's gone on. I'm absolutely distraught. She's my little sweet little baby. Note, oh, part. she has, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I saw she, that. No, she left don't me. read it out. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I, know. I, saw, I noticed that the other day. Um, right, uh, yeah, on tonight's show uh, here on Charlton Live, the big match preview, we will, of course, cover everything that's happened uh, since we were last with you just before Christmas, and it's been a very busy Christmas break for the addicts. Uh, the takeover is on the verge, according to uh, to Roland. He's finally admitted that, um, that the, the club is up for sale. He's in negotiations uh, with some interested parties. And, of course, that came out when we found out that Katrine Mayer, the CEO of the club, has left and gone to Sheffield Wednesday. So we're going to discuss all those things on tonight's Charlton Live. We're going to hear from Carl Robinson after today's press day where he talked about uh, the transfer activity or perhaps lack thereof that he expects to be doing. Uh, we're also going to look back at the games that we had uh, over that over that Christmas we're going to hear some emails from you uh, listeners uh, and of course we're going to look ahead to Saturday's game with Oldham you may notice that I've left the majority of my voice in 2017 <laughs> uh, I overdid the karaoke on uh, on New Year's Eve and it still hasn't come back so there you go but uh, first things first I think on tonight's show we need to hear from Carl Robinson press day uh, has been today of course and um, during that uh, that interview uh, he was asked about uh, how he expected the uh, the transfer window to go now that Roland has stated that he's uh, on the way out at some point, uh, and it sounds like it ain't good news. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's home game against Oldham. Carl, the transfer window's open and you've been quick off the mark with one loan start signing in Steffi Mavidi um, on loan for the rest of the season. Are you expecting others to follow? Um, no. We'll see. We'll see. We're, we're in a difficult place. I think it's. I think we need to know what's going on. I think we need. Um, listen, as we speak, we know there's people leaving at the valley. We know there's a lot of people working hard behind the scenes. You've been told that the takeover will well, we'll look and sell the club. So I don't really have much clarity on that. I just want this place to be to be 
looking where we were looking. Um, but there's so many things. There's so many things that <clears throat> where people leaving have, have sort of locked one or two things in relation to to maybe things that come around the summer or maybe deals that were looking to happen and so on and so forth. Um, but I've tried to be honest with you all the time. So it's hard for me just to just to I care about the club in some ways, and that's my main concern is that we've all worked so hard, and um, the fans deserved it a bit more. I think clarity from where we are right now and uh, a little bit of just guidance of what we can... We're close. We're close. OK, yeah. We've had terrible news with terrible injuries and that's been the main protocol of why we've not won one or two games. No manager in the world could have affected anything. I heard for him, Pep Guardiola, the other day, he got two injuries. Um, that's what he put down one of the bad results well, when they drew. Um, and he's got two injuries. Um, and he was moaning over the Christmas period, come work in the Football League and have 80 starting 11 out and see, see what it's like then. Because it's it's hard for everybody. And um, we know we need to bring in players. There's six players that I want to bring in and I know probably four of them will walk in this door tomorrow if they could. You're talking about clarity. It suggests that you're, being, you're, you're in the dark about a lot of things. Um, I, I know exactly where to stand on it. I know obviously Richard's my first protocol, um, but also if there's due diligence going on, there's so many things going on that I don't think it's it's clarity from 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 the top in relation to what I don't think anybody really knows because you don't know if anyone's got the funds to do it, whether it's people can do it or people can't do it, whether it's two weeks, whether it's four weeks, whether it's two months, whether it's three months, whether it's the end of the season, and and if, I, I want to get promoted. That's what I want. And we will. We would have. Definitely. Get our players fit. Get the players we want to get in. Uh, silly. You're not guaranteed that because, as you can see, things sometimes are taken out of your control. Um, but this is what I was here for. So, yeah, we'll see. So it's fair to say, then, that this take takeover talk is impacting... On uh, you doing business <clears throat> transfer market. Well, obviously, because you don't know if people come in, what they want, what the budget may be, what the foresight may be. There are obviously people who are going to come in and be very football-minded and, and want to achieve something with this great club. And I've said all along, people, if they want to buy it, trust me, this is a great club to buy. It's a good club. And there's good people. The fans will be supportive of everything you're trying to do if it's, if it's done respectfully and in the right way. And with Charlton fans at the forefront of your mindset. And we've tried to do things. Listen, since I've walked in the door over 12 months ago, I've been nothing but straight with people. Um, people can see the style that I want to play. People can see the style that we're not seeing at the moment. And I'm just as infuriated as anybody else. Um, but with the players have to only worry about the grass. And we've got another big game coming the weekend. Put ourselves again. You win that. Everyone around you's not playing. You're one point from the playoffs. What a terrible place to be. Um, and, you're, and you're only a week into January and you can do so much to affect the team. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Are you considering your own position after whatever news you've had about the takeover? I just, think, just talking yeah. past tense earlier about you would have done this, would have done that. I think I've loved every second of being here. Every second. And um, 
I've really, I've really put my life and soul into it and sold my staff. <coughs> um, but this club needs something quick. And from what I'm hearing, we don't know where we're at. It needs, to, it, this, this is a great club. If you're thinking of doing it, do it. Could you be a hero? Second you walk in the door. So, and we can get on with business. And, 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 and by the way, ever since I've been here, I've had very clear guidance of everything that's going on. So for all the, the factiousness that people can criticise X, Y, and Z, yes, you've got this. No, you can't have that. Yes, you've got that. I've not been interfered with nothing. I've not had anyone pick my team. I've had everything they've said, they've done. Well, no, it's we're for sale. So it's almost like um, it's almost like would you buy a girlfriend the present if you were going to split up with her? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's almost like that. You, you, you know, you, things are getting close. You, this is not me saying. This is what you've heard and what, what we've had statements. People are working around the clock to do due diligence to do one or two things. So, does it have an effect? Yes, it does. In January, 100%. You only get one chance nowadays in, the, in modern day football. Because we could have had it, it could have, it could have gone into February, we could have what, loan, loan, loan. It, it, but we, we don't have that opportunity. We have 31 days. I'm not here to finish my table. I'm not here to do that. Not here to finish mid-table. Hopefully that won't be the case. But, I mean, judging by the, the very first answer uh, to, to the very first question, which was uh, Tony Hardart asking asking Carl uh, if he's expecting to get any more in after Mavadidi came in uh, on loan for the rest of the season, Carl pretty much went, no. Mm. Uh, let's see. But, I mean, I mean, we, we talked, we've talked about it, I think. We know... Over the last few weeks, we think if if Roland knows he's selling, then surely he won't be putting any money into the club. That's I think that's what we've all expected, and now coming out today, that certainly seems like it's going to be the case. Yeah, um, and for once, I'm, I'm I'm not on his side, obviously, but for once, you see why he's doing what he's doing. Because yeah. why would you do that if you're about to to sell something? I think I also think that if that's the case and we're not getting anyone else in then Carl's going to have to accept that we are going to finish mid-table this year to be honest because I think we're a fully fit squad um, you look at the results we had in the early parts of the season I think probably playoffs were, were very realistic I think given the injuries we've had um, and given the the backups that we've had you know Dodo obviously coming in and then going and the youth players that we've had to rely on I think probably we're looking at a side that will finish mid-table if the takeover were to happen in the next you know, week or so, and we've got a bit of the transfer window left. Carl says he's got those targets he wants. Maybe there's a chance, but I think realistically, we're going to struggle now. Um, at what it's a, a massive loss because obviously Carl and his his team have put so much work in over last summer to try and get us in a position to to challenge for a change. Um, and it's almost like it feels like we're going to have to write this season off and start again next year, which I'm fed up of saying. Really, hmm. no. If I mean Carl, Carl sounded pretty despondent on that. On that chat there, and I guess you can see why. You know, if, if he was told, you know, he was going to get signings in January, and now all of a sudden it's not going to happen. If, if that was the case, I mean, you'd see why that'd be frustrating. And it, and it is quite obvious that we do need now bodies to 
to, to, to come into the squad. We're sort of in this perpetual injury crisis now where someone comes back probably possibly too early, ends up getting injured again, and then before we have to rush someone else back too early and they get injured again. Keeps going around in a circle at the moment. Yeah, it was, it's difficult because I don't. I think he's frustrated because even though I know we, we've got loads of injuries out, and but with everyone fit, I don't think we're that far away from being um, a, a, breaking those playoffs. But for us to do that now, where we had that amazing season, it was those that game before Portsmouth. We were saying, you know, if we lose this, they're only three points behind Blood, and look look how it's ended up. So. But if you look at Portsmouth's form, you can you can sneak sneak in there if you can bring up run a form together. But the way we're playing at the moment, I can't see it happening. So it's obvious goals is a big problem. But we still I still it just depends on how, you know is Foso out for a long long time? Is Solly out for a long long time? So it must be frustrating because I don't think we're that far away, and I think that's probably what yeah. he's really doing. He's heading. Now, even if even if Roland decided that he was <laughs> going to spend a little bit of cash, now obviously now we don't have. Don't have Katrine here, and for all her flaws, I think she still had to get these get these transfers over over, over the line. She, she she had to play a part of that, so we don't have to see her to do that. I think Richard Murray apparently is going to take a more involved mm. uh, you know part to play in the club. But whether he's you know I mean, he must have done it back in the day, but whether he's still got still got the the, the, the connections or whatnot to get tra- signings over the line, I don't know. Um, I mean, so even if even if he is, and, and, and there is the rumor as well that David Joyce, the finance manager, has left as well. Now, I mean, I haven't had that fully confirmed yet anywhere, but it does seem to be the case. So, um, w- without that structure in place behind the scenes, even if for, for whatever reason Roland's like, yeah, go on then, sign whoever, which is unlikely. It's never been like that anyway, really. It seems, but um, uh, it, just to have the processes in place, it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anyway. No, and that's. What's difficult for Carl is since, maybe not since he's come in, but certainly since the summer, he's had a, a level of autonomy and he's been able to pick the players and he's been able to manage the squad. And it's just felt like Katrine and, and Roland and anyone who we've had issues with has taken a back step and let him get on with it. And now the the takeover, if it's happening, uh, to get Roland out of the club is as messy as it was when he was here. And yeah, it's just a, it's like a, a parting shot from him almost is how it feels that he's just making this as difficult as he can as well. And and obviously these things take time and there'll be things out of his control, I'm sure. But it's just, is it unfortunate? Is it bad luck? I don't know. But whatever, the fact that it's come at this time of year is, is gutting because as Nafe says, we're, we're two or three signings away. I mean, with injuries, if, if the squad was fully fit, we're only one or two away. I think Carl admitted himself we're probably three or four now because of that. But either way, when you look back at the the first three or four months of the season, even all the way up until mid-November, we were in for those playoffs comfortably and then forms just dropped off a cliff and it's no surprise with the the injuries that we've had. And all this uncertainty now behind the scenes, Nath, I mean, do you think that could affect the players? Does it affect, affect things around the club? Does it affect players who think, oh, you know, I was hoping to sign up with Carl Robinson, but now there's a bit of uncertainty. Now that someone else is coming for me, I might go and take that safer deal. Yeah, I, I think it, it, in terms of... Um in terms of playing stuff, I wouldn't say it affected them because um, I think you can they could easily use it as an excuse. Um, but you know they still they cross the white line. You know once they come out of that tunnel, they don't sit there stand there thinking right. Let's defend this corner. Oh, I wonder what's if we're going to get taken over next week. That's not going to come into their head. So the playing side, no. The back at, behind the scenes, yeah. Because if it's true that David Joyce has left. Is obviously Mavadidi apparently was more or less confirmed weeks ago, so that would have been put in their budget just as an expense to an additional to the wages. But if you've not got no CEO and no financial director to sign off any sort of 
payment or any yeah. sort of agreement unless Roland's all of a sudden going to take up control of the and sign an off payroll and stuff which I can't imagine him doing I don't know who, who's going to give the authority to spend money and and I, and I I think that the takeover's nearer than I think it, we actually it has to be because he said be. he was going to be more involved didn't he and I think he probably had to say that because he's panicked mm, because Capturian's yeah. left and he didn't expect it but that's what he said um, and he's going to have to be that person now and if he is selling he's obviously not going to be involved because he just wants to get rid um, mm. so yeah I've Again, I've got nothing to go on, but I've got the same feeling as you that it must be close. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to the, the Katrine leaving soon. But you, you're saying, I mean, you're you're saying you feel like it's close. I mean, there's nothing the, to go on. No. Just, yeah, it's just a hunch. that's the thing we, we just don't know, really. Yeah. And, and I mean, you get the impression that I mean, Roland surely now must know. The fact the fact it hasn't gone through yet, I, I reckon, because apparently there's been all these all this talk was in the background all the way back in April when we first started hearing whispers. The fact that nothing's gone through yet suggests to me that, I, I don't know, asking price, who knows? It's not quite, but surely the longer this goes on, Roland knows he's just putting money into a club that he's not going to see back. Mm. So surely it's in his best interest to to get rid as soon as possible. Now, if you look at it from the other side, if you look at the buyer's interest, and uh, we saw from the statement that about Katrine leaving that there was more than one party that was being negotiated with, so possibly being played off against each other, we don't know. But from the buyer's interest, if they can't get it done before... January's over if it's going to slow down a bit to that extent all of a sudden they might even think you know what there's no rush to do this at all let's wait till the end of the summer because then they're just paying dead wages for a season that we've written off Mm. yeah I completely agree and I think that's what I mean the form through December we can talk about in a bit but it's just the whole club at the moment has got that feeling that we're a little bit in limbo and we're not really sure what's going on uh, as Nave says, when the players cross the right line, obviously they're playing the same game that they, they would be any other day. But I do think it's just affecting the club as a whole, the fans. Everyone's kind of anticipating this takeover and this, we managed to get Roland out and big celebrations and get a few players in and kick on. And it's just, the longer it drags out, the more kind of anxious people get. And I think that must be filtering through to the players because they still look like they're they're running hard, but they're just... the they're not doing the same things that they were doing at the start of the season and something isn't right. Now, it could be as simple as the fact we've got injuries, maybe Carl's training, maybe the the amount of games we've had, a lot of those sort of things. It could just be that we're on a bad run of form, but I can't believe that this all this talk isn't having some effect. And you're right, Roland, he must want to get rid as soon as he can because, as I say, and we'll talk about it more with the catch end thing, I think he's, he's worried now because mm. he was relying on her and she's jumped ship, so... Mm. Now, finally, before, like I said, before we talk about the Katrine stuff, now, whenever there's a takeover, uh, the manager's position would always be put in the spotlight a little bit. Now, up until you know eight or nine games ago, when we were flying high, that it wouldn't have been a question. But all of a sudden, I mean, that is going to be a question that's going to be raised. I think with a new owner, he's going to look at he's going to look at the last few weeks and think, you know, do I want my own man in? And now that's why it, it, the next few games, or until whenever it happens is so important for Carl plus the injury crisis isn't helping I guess no it's not it's not helping him and you know I was um, I was on Charlton Life for him yesterday and you know I'm, I'm one of the people that I think he should stay I just think we, j- we can't just keep going through managers even though we're going through a difficult spell he is under pressure but you you know as a manager you're going to be under pressure when you haven't won in God knows how many games I've lost count but yeah I mean when, if the new owners come in it depends who it is I mean it wouldn't surprise me I don't it wouldn't surprise me if a new owner comes in there try and get Chris back. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but he is under pressure. But I, I think, 
you know, I mean, what other manager really is going to do better with this squad? I know people moan about, you know, you don't want to go four four two, etc., etc. Which he did, he has tried to be fair in certain certain games, it hasn't worked. They tried, but tried it on. They tried a Boxing Day, which <laughs> fell flat on our face. They tried it Gilling, against Gillingham as well, and then Leon Best's yeah. leg exploded within three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I I feel sorry for him to be honest. I know people won't agree with me, you know, a lot, but I, I think we. Keep him in here, but yeah, like you say, he's, he's under pressure. And whenever any, any other new owner, you're always going to run the risk. It just depends what they want to do. They might keep him until the end of the season just to keep it ticking over. I think we've said a few times that if a new owner does come in, there's only one manager they're realistically going to think about in terms of getting the fans on side, and that would be Powell. But yeah. I think given the football that Carl Robinson has shown he can bring with yeah. the players he's got, I don't see any reason to, to get rid of him. I know we're on a bad run of form, mm. and I know that there's more and more mm. people that disagree with that, but. I want to, I want him to be able to see it through and be given a chance. We're not guaranteed to have another season like Powell. No, you know, no, if it doesn't work out again, it's going to be like, well, are you going to sack him now? Yeah, then, or? yeah. So, yeah. Robert Snow uh, tweeted: Surely an owner who only cares about money wouldn't let a chief executive and uh, financial director go if the takeover wasn't all but a done deal. Now, this obviously moves us on to Katrine uh, and to like, so the David Joyce thing. According to Rick Everett from Voice of the Valley, so he, he believes there was some sort of link with a similar job or the same job up at Middlesbrough, which is his hometown, apparently. Uh, David Joyce. So that I mean, and, and then Katrine going to. I mean, going to Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, who saw that coming, eh? Well, funny to say that. <laughs> <laughs> because now, and now, I didn't have enough to go on this, but a source, I heard a, a source told me, and this is from, I'm going to play you a clip from the 7th of December show. A source told me there was some sort of link between Katrine and Sheffield Wednesday, but between us, we couldn't stand it up. So, and we couldn't, re- we couldn't work out if she's definitely going or not. But so we couldn't, put it out as a story but that doesn't stop us three in here joking about it before the show uh, and then I always try and make the guys laugh on the show by randomly saying Wednesday <laughs> so you can hear this clip from the 7th of December when we've just been discussing Katrine possibly going to Sheffield Wednesday off air and then I'll try and make Tom and Nathan laugh by saying Wednesday for a random reason Portsmouth here at the Valley uh, in a replay of that game that we had here at the Valley 25 years ago joining me uh, in the studio as we look ahead to Saturday's momentous clash is uh, Mr Tom Wallin how are you doing Tom? Good thank you yeah 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 good yeah yeah, you enjoyed your, your week off, I guess. We didn't do a show on Sunday, actually, did we? Yeah, I didn't. No, it's been all right. Yeah, yeah. picked up my shirt today, which is good. Yeah. Uh, the old anniversary shirt. Yeah, yeah, all good. I should have given that you yesterday, but I was busy Wednesday. Sorry. Oh, um, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nath, how are you doing? Living the dream, mate. Looking forward yeah. to... <laughs> See, Nathan was still living the dream then as well, actually. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> so there you go. So we had an inkling, but we couldn't stand it up. So there we go. We make little hidden jokes on the show. Uh, and But, you know, if you're, if you're listening down under, uh, you, you'll never... <laughs> I don't know nothing about that. No. <laughs> so... I'm just going to take over this water bottle here. And, uh... <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. Um, we had an inkling, couldn't stand mm. it up. But what's happened has happened now. So as soon as we saw that Katrine left, and we saw that on the twenty seventh or the twenty <coughs> excuse me, the twenty eighth of uh, of December, we saw that. Uh, then all of a sudden, it did sort of click. Well, I wonder if that is the case. Uh, but I mean, it still came as a bit of a shock. I think to 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 most supporters, including myself, the timing of it, the, the way it was announced, it, um, it didn't really see it coming. Nah, no, I didn't. To be honest, and it's. Uh... It is a big shock, and as we say, especially now we know the club she's gone to as well, um, to to not stick with with Roland. You know, we've seen certainly managers and, and other employees. You know, players have all you know moved around this this network that he has. I know the network is, is shrinking, um, 
but you know he seems to keep those people close to him and use them in in various roles in in the companies or businesses he's got um that's why I think I've got this feeling that the takeover might be close because she's chosen not to do that and and go somewhere else outside now how she's got that job and and how she's managed to do that given her record here is is a surprise I think for a lot of people and I think that's probably one of the biggest surprises about it all anyway but I think if but, if, if you read up on Sheffield Wednesday at the moment now Something weird's going on there. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like I mean they've had a they've had a successful couple of seasons, nearly getting into the into, you know getting into the playoffs. Sorry, nearly getting into the Premier League, but but just falling short. But this year has been a, a difficult year for them, and now their owner has had a little bit of a rant at the at the at the, at the fans. By the sounds of it, they're offered us a refund to angry supporters. Like, get out of, that's almost the way it's dismissing supporters alright if you don't like it then sod off is effectively what a refund is suggesting to me and now and now adding on to this you can just feel a little bit of discontent coming up at Sheffield Wednesday now which is just I mean, out of the frying pan possibly into the fire although it's a much bigger shinier fire than than our frying pan sadly. massive isn't it but, massive, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely massive uh, but I mean still I mean her, her getting that job even with all that is still absolutely surprising well, I don't know, you know, because I mean, you look at her CV, she's done really well here. You know, she's uh, she gets along with the fans, well, you know, I mean, she's so, been a success with I mean, like, I mean, back-to-back promotions. Yeah, I mean, sar- sarcastic anecdotes <laughs> is what we, we, we love to supply on this show, but we, we can give cold hard facts as well. Relegation. <laughs> was it eight, eight managers fired, uh, hired and fired? Season ticket sales down by something like 40%. All these things are, the, are what the CEO of the club is measured by. Uh, staff leaving. The turnover of staff inside the club, of, of long-serving staff, was surprised. Her parting shot, her attempted parting shot, which I'm sure will come out in the next few weeks, dis- disappointing. I mean, all that sort of stuff suggests someone who was, you know, not not didn't really have the job under control here. And so to see her walk into another club, very, yeah, shocking. So like the interview, you know, you go for an interview, they go, focus on the good, good things about you and always sell yourself. I want to know. I want to be on fly on the wall in that interview. I want to know what she sold herself and go, well, I'm really good with... Uh, integrating with fans, I get good sofas. I get a good sofa in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, listen. I Excellent mean, contacts in the DJ world. <laughs> <laughs> listen, look, you know, she's gone now, so um, it's, it's not my problem. Uh, I know it's a selfish thing, but it's Sheffield Wednesday, so I don't care about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now she's gone now, and then hopefully, um, in a way, and, and in a way, and to pay her a dues now, will be interesting to see how she gets on a club mm. that isn't. I, mean, I, I yeah. don't know much about the current. The, the, the owner of Sheffield Wednesday but I know he's not Roland de Chatelain, and I know what problems that Roland's caused at this club including you know we saw the emails from the Getting to Know the Network podcast that were sent to Chris Powell we saw the you know we've, we've heard the interviews with players we've we've read the interview I did with Thomas Dryerson that sort of summed up exactly where the, where the club was at, at that time and so it, to give her a little bit of due let's just say it will be interesting to see how she gets on without that meddling but like I say at the same time some of the stuff that she did that wasn't Roland mm. here at this club club PR disasters all that sort of stuff I mean she'll have to very quickly learn from those mistakes yeah. and learn that when you say you've learned from your mistakes you have to actually learn from them and not just say them yeah and she's she's got plenty of mistakes herself since she's been here she's done a hell of a lot of learning she has yeah and I'm um <laughs> look I'm loath to to pay her too many compliments or anything like that but yeah when she's out of Roland or away from Roland and in a different role who knows? You know, she's she's qualified as a lawyer, so she's clearly quite smart. I, I think she's been naive, and we've used that word a lot of times. She clearly doesn't handle criticism very well. Um, but, you know, th- there must be something in there that, that clubs see because Roland employed her in the first place, and Sheffield Wednesday 
whatever the ownership are currently going on now have taken a punt on her now. So, yeah, uh, like Nath says, really, I think the main thing for us is she's out of our hair now. We can hopefully try and move on and it's hopefully the first step of a few changes around here that are going to make things a bit better. Now after the game up at Wigan on uh, on Friday night just, just before New Year um, uh, and the news has broken the day before about Katrine leaving, uh, we were speaking to Carl after the game about some sort of thing somehow, somehow I think my view uh, on the situation may have filtered through to Carl <laughs> With what went on yesterday, with the news that came out yesterday, I heard you were happy um, a lot of things came through that it's been hard for me for my players but the fans turned up today and they were unreal and they and the players showed their appreciation at the end as well so how Carl found out that I was happy I don't know but there you go he heard uh, that I was happy uh, about the situation I mean overall I mean I, I can explain why I'm happy about the situation because I mean I want Charlton to be a, a successful club in the championship minimum uh, playing great football, all, all this and that. Now, you, uh, you could argue that at the start of this season, we've started playing some nice, decent football as it's fallen away recently. Uh, but part of being a success of, for a club, as well as on the football side, is to have the fans you know, wanting to be here, wanting to be part of the club. And now, as we mentioned earlier, the season tickets and the lack of attendances uh, throughout this season, I mean, it's, it's down to two people. It's down to Ronald and Katrina, and it's for the best if they're not here, you know, for, for all their hard work over the years, it's for the best that they're not here because there's no way the club's going to get rebuilt without the, the, the supporters and there's a lot of supporters who quite fairly have decided they're not, they don't want to be here while they're here. So that's why I'm very happy about that situation because I want Chance to be a successful club and that's why I'm happy there's going to be a takeover as well because, I mean, it will be a clean sweep. It will mm. be, no matter who comes in and Carl mentioned it in his interview that we heard at the start there, it's a clean sweep you know, it's a chance, to, and whoever walks in is gonna is gonna win a hundred points just for not being Roland Duchatley. And uh, the first game, whoever it is, the first game that they'll be in charge, I'm pretty sure that the attendances will be up a hell of a lot. Not saying it'll be a sellout, but it'll be a well, lot I higher heard, than. Well, I heard I, I, again anecdotally <laughs> that the half season ticket sales doubled after Katrine left, as in the daily wow. sales. But that, I mean, that is literally something like from 6 to 12. I was going to say, yeah. That is still doubling. That is still doubling. I mean, that is that that is the sort of effect that this could have. She should maybe put that in her interview as well. <laughs> <laughs> Double the tendencies <laughs> after I left. <laughs> but, yeah, no. I mean, look, like I said, the, the attendances will go, it won't sell out, but I think, and I think we're not that far away from being that holy grail which you ex- you explained about the championship. I mean, championship, yeah, that's a bit of a problem at the moment, but, you know the fans coming back and then having that sort of the fans and the club being together as one. I think we'll be halfway there once they go. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. It'll be, it's, it'll be nice, and hopefully we can all. Just, I just I don't know that 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 day once it gets announced. I just I, I think there must I think there's gonna be a big party. I think there must be. Well. Yeah, I don't know where. We'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll <laughs> if I was the new owner, I'd just make a, every ticket a fiver for that first yeah, game. for a pound. Yeah, just get as many people back in as you can. Excellent. Right, well, let's hope that is the, uh, <laughs> the, the case. Now, also, after this is, uh, so this is going back a couple of days, but I thought it's interesting to hear uh, from a player's perspective on how this uh, the, the, the takeover talk can affect them. So uh, when we spoke to Jacko after the Wigan game, uh, he was asked about the takeover, and this is what he had to say. And there's some uh, news obviously circling around the club on the outside. Um, is that uh, is it difficult to keep focus? Is it, is it something you have to do as, from a coaching side as well as a playing side? To be honest, it's, it's, it's not a concern of ours as players. Obviously, the co- coaches, the gaffers, obviously going to... You know, it's, it's important news for him because you know, how he goes about the next month 
obviously I don't know the ins and outs and how that's going to affect stuff but from a player point of view nothing changes another game Monday we go again we've got to get our training in we've got to get our recovery in hopefully we've got a few <coughs> lads back and that's all the focus is you know everything it's always just just say control the things that you can you know don't worry about things that are out of your control and as players it's not it's not it's not a concern of ours it's not well it is a concern you know you're always worried about about the state of the club um, and it, you know that, that things are being done right but what, what, what's our focus as players the next game and everything around it is not important Jacko Cole sort of mentioned that with the impending news coming out that potentially a new era for the club I mean do you think just in terms of the pressure perhaps the players might have been under a little bit of extra pressure because of what's gone on over the last few years do you think a new era is sort of like a clean slate in a way um, possibly possibly Lou but until whatever happens happens then we'll look at it then you know but at the moment it's it's sort of it's not hearsay it's obviously happening but it's not it's not in our control you know it's not going to happen tomorrow I don't, as I understand it's you know an ongoing thing and when it happens you know we'll look at it then and say you know is this a clean slate yeah hopefully, hopefully it is hopefully it is but you know there's what 23 games I don't know 20, 22, 23 games still to play and whatever happens around the club ownership takeovers all that stuff doesn't change that we've got 22 games to, go, to try and win um, as players so I think that needs to be our sole focus what will be will be um, we'll, we'll look at it when, whenever that happens it happens in the summer and we come back with a fresh clean slate and we can look at it like that then, then great but at the moment you know don't get sort of don't get too involved don't get too high don't get too low we've just got to, we've got to stay calm stay steady Using Holmes using decoy crosses now in towards McGuinness headed away. Now it's come to Fosu in the penalty area. Fosu little step over. Fosu onto his left foot. Tariq Fosu still. What a finish! Tariq Fosu, great work to come inside onto his left foot. Couple of step overs, worked a bit of space. His reverse shot past Cairns and Charlton back ahead. Welcome back to Channel Live here, the big match preview. Uh, on your Thursday evening or on the podcast, if you've downloaded it from Acast or any other podcast supplier, uh, we just heard there from uh, from Johnny Jackson talking about the, uh, the potential takeover here uh, at the club. I asked, I asked the skipper um, about whether this would be sort of seen as a, a clean slate for the players, perhaps, because I think all the while that Roland's owned us, you know, especially the, the last couple of seasons where it's all gone tits up, um, I mean, does that... Just the fact that it's Ronan Duchatelet's Charlton, does that put slightly more pressure on the players to perform? Because you know, all eyes are watching, all eyes are waiting for the for it to all go wrong because because of you know we're expecting it. Yeah, you know, so it, it would a takeover almost provide almost like a clean slate for the players to try and prove themselves again? I think I think that does play a part. I think more so is the fact that when a takeover comes, that the change in the whole atmosphere is surely going to give them a lift. Um, I mean. I know we talk about whether a crowd really can make a difference, but we've seen it happen here, you know, time and time again. So I think, yes, I think obviously Roland being here puts them in the, the public eye a lot, and particularly in the season where we got relegated and there were the mass protests. The, the thing is, when that happened, they they showed up and they performed and they won games. So 
I don't know necessarily about that, but I do think new owners coming in will give everybody such a boost. And I think if that was to happen, even with the squad we've got now, I think we would see, or rather with the injuries and everything and the starting 11 we've got now, I think we'd see an improvement in results. Yeah, interesting. Uh, also, also, actually, I thought I might bring to your attention, I hope to try and speak to one of the guys, at least from the Roland Out Today party at some point in this. In the next few days, I was chatting over email with one of them about. I don't know if you've seen their, their email, uh, their their uh, little interview they did with Roland. It was sort, it was sort. I don't know like the legalities of it because it was done. It was done secret recording. I think so. I'm not really sure what the, what the rules are on that. But uh, at some point, I'm going to speak to one of the guys who spoke to Roland. Just find out what he what because what, what, in- I found it interesting the way that Roland described the fans' relationship with the players because to me it didn't stand up at all. But at the same time, it, it could suggest. Pressure on that. I don't know. It, we, we'll find out about that uh, in, in due course. Now, Addict Sun on the Channel Life forum says, I read the words from Carl Robinson's interview, but actually hearing and listening to it uh, to how despondent he sounds is very worrying indeed. Happy New Year uh, to you guys. I mean, it, it, like, so I haven't seen, I, see, I've heard the audio, but I haven't seen the video. Now, apparently, his body language ain't too happy either. Yeah, no, he was very, <laughs> very down, head in his hands, kind of, or head resting on his on his hands he's uh yeah he didn't look happy I mean we saw it right at the end of the transfer window last time um, when he got to the end of January and he was really angry um and then I think it it turned out hadn't he done that when he'd been at MK Dons as well um but considering he's still got 26 27 days of the transfer window left and he's looking like that that's either it's more mind games from him which we know he's done at other times um and actually he knows more about either the takeover or the fact we may get people in or if he's being honest, which again he, he has been a lot of the time, then then yeah, he he was not happy with the news, which which is a concern because he'll obviously feel like I think, or I think he felt like he was going to get backed in January, and obviously the takeover rumours and everything has made a bit of a difference, but it's still going to be annoying for him because he's got to put a squad out or an eleven out every week. Mm. All uh, right, a couple of tweets have come flying in. Uh, Tony says, uh, Carl Robinson deserves a chance with owners that will invest in the team and bring in players he believes uh, can do a job for us. Everyone would love Pauli back, but I think that would be too early. And then he, add, uh, he added, I heard Katrine was also considering an offer from DFS, but she didn't like the idea <laughs> of selling sofas at a reduced price. It's buy, 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 really, isn't it, Robin and Sell? Actually, I think we hired that sofa, and then I don't know if we could have got our money back after it got ripped to shreds. <laughs> Uh, who insurance knows? job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie, Charlie Percy says, uh, Percy, uh, don't worry about behind the scenes. This takeover needs to be sorted fast so Carl Robson can get his players in uh, and getting the new players to gel with the other players. It's unfair putting the manager under pressure. Now, see, that is interesting because I've seen it a, a fair, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably fair to say there's there's a pretty even split now on on. On, on on the forums even maybe or maybe not it might be 1 in 10 who knows it might be 50-50 but there's certainly voices out there suggesting that they they want to call out because we mm. haven't won for a little while now I mean surely I mean you have to take the injury crisis yeah. in, into account there when, when you look at the performances recently you have to take that but at the same time there will be a couple of times this season especially like this couple of weeks where that, I mean that first half at South End and that first half against Gillingham where injury crisis or, or not I mean we shouldn't that, that was an outrageous performance and that and that will also be taken into account Oh yeah, I mean, like I said earlier I was on the um, I was on the forum yesterday, and it it did seem like it was a more or less fifty fifty or like forty sixty um, of him to go. And I, it, I'm like, yo, I can understand people's frustrations. And listen, I'm all for one. I will always say if we play rubbish, and we'll play rubbish. And like you said, that South End game was not only one of the worst defensive displays from Cholton. 
the worst defensive displays of football I've ever, even including Sunday League that was just, it was atrocious <laughs> if anyone was there it was it was so embarrassing <laughs> it was unreal We'll hear your commentary on that in a few moments. I'm looking forward to that. It was so bad, but like you say, the injuries haven't helped. And yeah, I know we can't we we can't keep using that excuse, but you can't help not to because I've I've said it loads of times. Without with the squad that we've got, if any if any team, you know, what was it? We had like 15 players or something injured. Give it any team, even a man, not maybe not Man City, but. Any team below the Premiership, if you miss that many players, you're going to struggle. You're not going to be firing on all cylinders, and it's just coupled with our. We've got no confidence at the moment. We're not scoring goals. The first 15 minutes of every match, we seem to be shaky, and teams are just teams are just preying on it. Team, teams just know we're vulnerable at the moment. And like you said, the Gillingham game, we looked. We didn't know. We didn't know how to handle it. We didn't. We didn't know how to deal with Tom Eves pulling over to Jay Jay Jay's side because of the size difference. We we just don't know what to do at the moment, and it, it's hard because I can understand people's frustration with Carl, but at the same token, you've got to, you've got to take it into account the injuries. I know mm. I don't want to keep banging the same drum as Cole does because otherwise exiled ad- addict won't like me. But <laughs> you've got to understand because if you go back to when we had that fully fit squad. We were playing some of the best football that I've seen here for for ages, and I mean you look you look at the power of the park, it parted going back years. We were playing some lovely stuff. Mm. You don't just become a bad team and bad player overnight. It's mm. just the, the injuries and the confidence. It's just gone at the moment. Uh, Freddie tweeted in. Uh, Carl uh, had no excuse for for the. Uh, for an injury crisis for Gillingham, uh, I personally want to give him until mid-February unless we're in a big danger. Owners should take a few months once coming in to reflect and settle. I don't want them to rush and make a mistake uh, from, from from pressure, which I think is uh, is a fair point. Uh, right, let's have a couple of emails before we look back at the, the games over Christmas. Uh, Mark Cox says, Everyone knew we were short of a decent striker at the start of the season and now the chickens are coming home to roost, unfortunately. Nothing is likely to change until the club is sold. Sadly, let's hope it happens very soon while we still have a chance of making the playoffs. Otherwise, it'll be yet another wasted season. We've uh, got one from Mark about the Ginning game, which we'll come into in a minute. Uh, this one's from Mark Newbury. It says, uh, Evening, chaps. Happy New Year to you all. I said after the Peterborough game uh, that I couldn't remember such a poor first half. Uh, well, this one's about Ginningham as well, but we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, uh, so what happens, Ginningham comes along and says, Hold my beer. Awful, awful, not a bright start. Uh, to be had from anywhere in that first half. Lennon and Saar don't have any understanding yet, and for a big lamp, Naby got uh, bullied on Saturday, and there's absolutely no idea in central midfield. After a well-earned point at Gillingham, we should have ro- uh, Wigan, we should have rolled over the Jills, but we looked scared and nervous, and there wasn't a single leader on the pitch. And if I did the same work as Marshall and only worked 15% of my shift, I would expect... Uh, I wouldn't expect a warm reception anytime soon. I truly believe that if we had started with Cag, Arebo and the skipper, we'd have got an easy three points. But Carl's insistence on rotating form players is frustrating at the best and worrying at times. Glad Mavadidi is back and if Fosu is fit soon, I expect us to have at least a threat up front. Just can't afford any more injuries. Not expecting any more faces now, though, so it's a case of fingers crossed. Mark Wilson, so many marks today. In fact, We've got four emails and they're all from different marks. Interesting. That's weird. Yeah, I wonder if our new owner's going to be sort of I was going to say, some yeah. sort of takeover hint there. Yeah. Mark Wilson says, don't be too despondent. We may not uh, make any more signings this month, but we've just been involved in the best transfer deal for several years. The moment Katrine signed for Sheffield Wednesday, things began to look up. We may have to wait another season for promotion, but now that she's gone, it's more likely. And that's from Mark from 7X. Now, obviously, there was a, a handful of games uh, while we were away, so let's uh, remind you 
uh, of those games that played out uh, during our winter break over the Christmas period. Neat ball inside to Aribo on the edge of the penalty. Joe Aribo twists and turns. He's in the penalty here. Aribo still. Great goal. goal for Jordan. Joe Aribo with his what first of the season. Some lovely footwork. Aribo into the penalty area and just rolls it past Ben Williams and the Blackpool goal to give the Addicts the lead. Great, great, great play by Joe Aribo. Will be whipped in by Ryan it's towards the far post. It's Norquan Saar heads up in the air, but it might fall for Conangelo. Heads forward. His goal burn is in. For Blackpool, balls flipped for Kanonjali. Got a touch, and not quite sure he got the final contact. But Chant has surrendered a lead here after 88 minutes played. It might have been Quigley, the substitute, just flicked it for him. McGuinness couldn't keep it out. <sighs> oh dear. Uh, Ricky Holmes, he's still uh, going more centrally. Thinks about a shot. He was going well wide. It's deflected up in the air and it's a header by Ranger. And then headed away and then an easy tap in from Simon Cox. And within the first two minutes, Charlton are behind 1 0. That was awful. Absolutely. Awful. I don't know what happened there. We had the pillar in the way. He's over this, as is Wordsworth. It'd be Wordsworth to swing it in left footed. In it comes in the sun. It's a little flick header from Cox. And that's number two. Those turn up to get the final head up. And Charlton are in absolute disarray at the back here. Dimitriou goes past him too, into the penalty area. Tries to get the back across. Let me get this to Reeves. Come on, the goal. Come on, you. Charlton are back in this. Russian again, goes past Dick Still. allows the ball to do the work. Chip ball back across, just right with the header. And it's headed up in the air by Lennon. Cox is underneath this and finishes. Nobody challenged, nobody got in his way. Simple finish. Goes right, but uh, cut out by Cashy, and he's left Ahern Grant in on towards the penalty area. He's keep going. Ahern Grant, he's into the six yard box. Oh! Just wide left of the post. And it's gone over a throw in on the other side. So close to Chartner grabs an unlikely lead here at the DW. Hunt looking to take on Dick Steele again. Goes back to Morsi, edge of the penalty area, takes the shot. Oh, deflected off the post and out for a goal kick. Oh, oh it's a corner. Unbelievable. He must have taken yeah, a deflection onto the up. post. It went straight across the goal and out for a, on the other side. Must have taken a deflection because it's a corner. Absolute oh. scenes here at the DW Stadium as everybody thought Shot. that was going in. Against all the odds of Nick the Point up here at the DW. And you have to say that uh, Wigan huffed and puffed and tried to blow our house down but Charlton stood resolute and have earned a fantastic point here defend this ball forward up towards Eves Naby Sars trying to get there first Eves protecting the ball still Reeves into the penalty area Cashy pursuing him takes a cross shot out there to Parker who finishes it for Dillingham it's 1-0 that's a terrible goal for Charlton to concede. It's good work from Eves. He should never have been able to turn Abisai in that position on the edge of the box. Neil, the right back, gets the ball to the box towards Eves. And Eves isn't on... Had to be offside. He's onside. Reason he finishes. Tom Eves makes it two for Ginnelham. Abisai deliberately didn't go to him because... I'm sure was, the offside was a yard offside. coming. Had to be offside there. Certainly that's what Abisai was the offside flag. The Charlton have been shell-shocked by Ginnelham. And in particular, Tom Eves, who's been excellent 
for the Jills and puts them 2-0 up. Swung in by Ricky Holmes, another difficult one. It's in! in! And there it is, That's Joe Rebo! Joe! Mipped the header in the six-yard box. Glanced it past Holy. No chance at all. Charlton back in it. Charlton throwing. That is the whistle. That is time. And looking at Gillingham's reaction. Shows you how much this game meant to them. There we go. It was not a happy Christmas nor a happy New Year. Uh, sadly, we're, we're now winless in uh, was it nine nine something games like something like that. 19, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, ooh, the way we played at Wigan was nice though. Mm. But the way we played at home to Gillingham, especially in that, you know, particularly in the first half, uh, the way we played away at South End, particularly in the first half, the way we played at, at home to Blackpool in the second half. Very disappointing, and it's left us with uh, with not many points, and we're now four points outside of the uh, the, the playoffs. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a massive concern now, um, and I think we haven't obviously haven't done a show for a while, but we were probably four or five games into that run, maybe when we did our last show, and we were saying it is just a blip, and we'll we'll come out the other side of it, and and we still haven't. Um, and the Thursday show that never happened due to various illnesses and hangovers. I'd done a script for that and was looking back at the year and actually when I was going through month by month every month I was finishing saying we'd won like three drawn a couple maybe lost one we were third fourth and every month that seemed to keep going on and even November wasn't a bad month and we were still up there and then mid mid November onwards we've just dropped off a cliff we've what won one I think we won on the 21st of November in the league and then yeah, we've won that one game against Swansea against? and I think it was against uh, Rochdale, Rochdale on the Tuesday night home. really and we yeah. I don't think we've won in the league oh since then no we haven't um, and, uh, yeah wow. it, at the moment it doesn't show any signs of changing because as yeah. you say apart from that Wigan performance we we just look lackluster but that was the confusing thing I mean, I mean that, that first half at South End on Boxing Day in particular I mean that, mm. that opening 11 minutes when we were 2-0 down already was just absolutely shocking we sort of came back into it a little bit in that second half but then again the defending for the third goal left a, a, a lot to be desired but then we went out to Wigan completely didn't play the way we've been playing over, over this season we just defended were difficult to break down defended really 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 well and that's why it's so confusing then that we come back on 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 New Year's Day against Gillingham and just get I mean out muscled by just a bully boy in, in in the form of Tom Ease you know just a, just a lump up front with good foot good footwork I mean there's no way he should have bullied us like he did in that first half uh, against Gillingham on Monday on Monday at all it was shocking yeah to be fair to Gillingham listen they they weren't the most fluid of teams I've ever seen but one thing that they've done and a lot of teams have done when they've come here is they've They've done the. They've worked hard and they've done the basics right. And mm. then you do that, you you build a platform to play on. Whereas we sometimes at home we don't even do the basics right. The South End game, Cole said it in his press conference. If you saw that pitch, you can't play on it. But we mm. started trying to play it through the middle, and that's why he took Cassie off. I just sometimes our decision making. I don't know if it's because we're nervous or we're just uncomfortable at the moment. It's just it's just odd. But like Gillingham, and who's the other teams that have come here and got results against us recently? I can't remember. You know, Black, Blackpool have yeah, done it. You know, Peterborough. Blackpool are one of the worst teams I've ever seen at this level. But mm. they worked hard. Yeah. They've done the basics right. Yeah, they weren't great, but they've got a point, even though they didn't deserve to because they've done the basics right. Yeah. And we don't, we're not doing that at the moment. So mm. it's all right trying to do these little neat little flicks and all this and that. Just pass one of our shirts would be good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mark White said, I think Robbo done Ben Reeves a massive favour taking him off uh, against Gillingham, not got half the slaying that he deserves. Watching all that time, uh, wasting all that time for his fitness and he still seems a mile off it. Uh, Aribo looked quality when he came on and seemed to give us 
a bit more control and confidence. I think we should accept another season in League One because I really can't see Roland investing money for players when he's due to sell. Would fans take another season in this league if it meant Roland going now? I, I would. Uh, there is too much frustration in the fans now. Uh, so as uh, as soon as something goes wrong or, or someone makes a mistake, the fans overreact. We need Robbo. Uh, we need to keep Robbo as I think he can turn it around and he seems... Uh, invested in the club. Have a happy new year, guys. That's from Mark in Swanley. Cheers for that, Mark. And then Bob ruined the, the uh, Mark emails by emailing in called Bob. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, I think the reason Carl Robinson sounded so despondent was he already has been told these services will not be required, whoever takes over. I mean, I can't imagine that would happen before the deal has been agreed. I can't imagine... I mean, you never know. I mean, he certainly said quite a lot a few weeks ago mm. that he believed he'd go if the takeover happened because that has been the case. But who knows? Anyway, right, Carl came in to speak to uh, Terry after the game against Gillingham on Monday, and this is what he had to say. Carl, uh, first of all, of course, Happy New Year. Uh, and uh, not the way you wanted, would have wanted to start it, though, of course. Did we pay for a similarly slow start as we did at South End? Um. Yeah, we weren't good. We weren't good. We, uh, we looked a little bit on our heels. We looked a little bit tentative. We looked a little bit nervous. Uh, and we got punished with one, one of us turning the ball over and getting done on the break. And then secondly, we got done with an offside goal. So, it was clearly offside from where we were. So I'm it was clearly offside where I was as well. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But these are things that aren't going for you, but we can't make excuses. We know we've not been good enough today. Uh, and possibly in the second half, you changed things around. Obviously, at the end of the first half, brought on and we immediately looked better. And then to Best go he's and, a top player. And to lose Leon Best in the manner in which we did. And attacker was horrendous on him. And not punished again. So, uh, I mean, to I the penalty box. Yeah. And I know you don't want to use officials necessarily as an excuse, but I mean, how, how do you justify No, I know, because if you, if you do something in the middle of the pitch where you, you play a pass and somebody comes out and wipes you out it a millisecond after you play in the pass, it's a free kick. So just because you're inside a, was a 44 by 18 yard area. It doesn't mean that it's not a free kick, which means fundamentally it's a penalty. Okay, yeah, he got his shot off, but he was out of control, and, and he, listen, his knee doesn't look good. Doesn't look good at all. Is there any retrospective um, issues you can make with that? Uh, you know, do, can they look at it again? To, to, I mean, I'm not saying necessarily punish the player; it doesn't do us any any favours necessarily. But if it was the type of tackle it looked on the face of it, maybe it should be. I think when you look at a number of things, I think it's a case of that we can sit here and say he should have done this, he should have done that. But but then again, we've got to take things into our own hands. How many chances do we have second half? And, and when you say chances, not just your striker. I'm talking even in the first half from corners that we're putting in the drop and we don't take them. We're in a bit of a lull at the moment, um, but we're four points from the playoffs. So, but we can't keep saying that. It, you you understand what yeah, I mean yeah. by that? We've got to we've got to do something where. We have to get ourselves out of it. Nobody else can can do it. It's about what you do, uh, and I think the players need to understand that there's an awful lot of hard work that's still got to be put into what we're trying to do. Things aren't great at the moment. Not one in seven or eight, whatever it may be. Performances have been okay, but results have been diabolical, and that's just a simple fact of the matter. It must be more frustrating uh, having uh, having had the result up at Wigan and the performance, particularly up at Wigan, not to be uh, not to be able to build on it at home. Yeah, it was, but it but it is what it is. We we come off the back of getting a point the day. Um, which was a great point if we build on that today if you were the one today you would have five for points outside the playoffs with the game in hand and everyone would have been saying oh it's not too bad after all um, but as we sit right now a four point adrift which is not great as we we didn't expect to be here but all the hard work that we put in in pre-season all the hard work that we did in the first three months of the season has kept us in touch with it, with it even when we're playing so bad 
Um, so only you can turn it around and get on a run again. But it's hard to find that pick yourself up. It's hard to play here when, when things aren't going because the demand on you is far greater than most clubs because they have a right to demand on you. Uh, and that's what you have to deal with as a, as a manager and as a player. Um, and if you can't take it, you're not at the right place. And it's as simple as that. Tactical changes or enforced changes at half-time? Uh, one tactical, one enforced. Uh, so it was an injury again? That we're, yeah, yeah, it's a J-Force to Cassie's. It was his thigh, now it's his hamstring. Uh, so you've got Jake and uh, Leon. But, uh, it's going to uh, pressure even more to try and uh, fill those gaps in January, if you're able. We have to. We don't have a choice. Yeah, that's what we said on uh, on Monday, but now it sounds it, doesn't, it sounds a lot less positive uh, about filling those gaps within the squad. Also, of course, we found out today, Leon Best, it sounds like it's going to be out for up to a year uh, with his contracts <laughs> running out here at the end of the month. I don't know exactly how that works in terms of whether we have to look after him because he got injured while he was here because that that's what we apparently we'd seem to do with Roger Johnson so I don't know exactly how it works but he's certainly not going to be playing uh, for a while now of course we have brought in Steffi Mavadidi as we look ahead to Saturday's game of Oldham uh, so I mean, do you think Mavadidi now looking ahead to Oldham comes straight in? I think he, I think he's going to play I reckon he's got a chance to play in number 10 I reckon he might play quite central um, instead of playing on the on the wing where obviously Marshall and uh, Holmes, he might might give Marshall a blow, blower a little bit, but um, I can see him being used as quite central for a bit, especially because I just don't think we've got anything in, in and behind Josh, um, which goes on to the argument of the four four two thing. But I think he could be quite good at, at, at number ten. If you you know, I mean, when Fosu came in and played number ten, he got the ball turned and drove at defences. It's exactly what Mavidi can do. But um, yeah, I'm quite happy Steffi's come back. I was disappointed we didn't get him in the summer. But I can understand Arsenal wanting him to go at a higher level to see how he got on. But um, that's one down. I still think we're still very short. But mm. um, I think, like like Robbo said, that was I think that was done weeks ago. So, mm. but yes, yeah, it's, it's a good start. But it's, we've got to do a load more, haven't we? Which yeah. we always say. Now, obviously, looking ahead to to the game on Saturday. I mean, Cole, Cole's made it. I think reasonably clear in press day today that he's not expecting anyone else back. Um, well, well, possibly solid, but I think I'm moving the week after actually. So it's pretty much how we were. And I mean, I mean, do you look at that team then and make changes now? Because I mean, as we said in that first half on on, uh, on 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 New Year's Day, we weren't very clever, were we? And we sort of came back into it that second after our Rebo played really well. As he made a claim to start now, do you reckon? I, I think he has to start. Yeah, uh, I was surprised he was dropped. I, I hope it was only for you know rotation reasons because yeah, he's. Um, He's been brilliant the last few games. Um, I, I'd love to see him start four four two, but I don't think realistically he's going to do that. Um, so I think if we're sticking in the same formation, he's probably going to play Josh up front again. Um, I'd expect Mavadidi. I'd expect him to start from the bench, but maybe he'll start. Um, for me, Mark Marshall hasn't hasn't done enough. Um, I've been very disappointed with him. I know he had a big injury at the start of the season, so I don't want to get on his back too much. But he's been very poor for me so far. Um, so maybe Mavadidi or, or Carlin could go in there because, um, again, he looked a bit more lively when he came on against Gillingham. So I think there are a few options. And then at the back, I think um, Mark Newbury was right. Uh, Lennon and Saar the other day, their communication w- was terrible. And when you look back to the start of the season, the reason we had such good form was that Pierce and Bauer were, were solid and, and playing week in, week out. So if there was any chance of, of mixing that up a little bit, mm. I think I'd like to see that as well. No, injury crisis or not, I think uh, fans are going to look at an Oldham team that are just floating just above the relegation zone and, and look at what we're hoping to achieve this season and think 
uh, we really ought to have uh, enough to get beyond them. But uh, I think we've only really got time for a couple more bits. So did you get a cashy back bet in the end? No, no, I didn't. I was, I was, I was going to do one with Mavadidi, maybe something like last goal scorer and a score maybe, yeah. because I think he'll probably start mm, on the bench. Yeah. Whether or not, I actually sound like you said, maybe he'll give Marshall a rest. And play Matt Wilde. But I think Mavadidi, just because he signed this week, will yeah. do something. All right, so we'll sort that out on Twitter. So let's yeah. just quickly have your predictions for this Saturday's uh, game with Oldham Athletic, Tom. 2-1 uh, Charlton. 2-1 Charlton. 4-0 Charlton. 4-0 Charlton. You said I couldn't say 4-0. No, no I, I just think, because the only other one I'm going to do is going to do loss, but yeah. I can't. I just think it'll be a new impetus this week. Mavadidi, 4-0. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> Uh, that would be nice, yeah. Uh, well, uh, ain't ruling nothing out. <laughs> right, this, uh, I think we've pretty much just about run out of time. Here on Charlton Live, the uh, the big match preview. It's great to be back. And I hope you're having a good New Year so far. Uh, assuming you're not Carl Robinson, I guess, because he's <laughs> he's not too happy with how it's gone, it seems. Uh, but uh, fingers crossed he, he gets what we want and we all get what we want uh, as soon as possible. Tom Wallen, thank you for rejoining me this evening. Cheers, Lou. See you Sunday. Nathan Miller, I hope you back to living the life, as uh, living the dream as soon as possible. Yeah, try to, mate. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah true. No, I'll be there Saturday. I'll see you, look, boys, yeah. on Saturday. All right, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Channel Live, the Big Match Preview. We'll be back for our first Sunday show uh, of the year on uh, Sunday at 7pm here on Maritime Radio. I look forward to seeing you then. Hopefully, we'll be talking about three beautiful points for them Charlton boys we'll see you later tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts good news ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.